The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masikat Shekalim has been dedicated by Dr. Isaac Meddeb and his wife Lily in memory of Moshe ben Nachel Man. We hope that the learning of the 22 Dapim of Masikat Shekalim will be a a ilui neshama for the niftar Moshe ben Rachel. Tehi nishmatot zerura b'tzol ha'chayim. Amen. Daf Zayin. Today's daf has been dedicated anonymously in honor of Hilfon ben Regina Malka and Mazal bat Esther. Hashem alehem yichyu. Amen. Today's daf is being studied the ilui nishmat Hacham Baruch Rafael ben Miriam. And Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem began Eden. Amen. We begin today's daf on Vav Amud Bet on the bottom line of the Gemara. Motar Nazir Lindaba. We learned in our Mishnah that the leftover money that was designated for the Kurbanot of a Nazir. So that money falls to the Daba, meaning it's donated to the Beit HaMikdash, and they use it for what's called Kayitz HaMizbeyah, that would be the to supply the Mizbeyah with ample Korbanot uh, during, the course of the, uh, during the course of the day. Now, regarding this deen of a Nazir, the Torah tells us in Parashat Naso that a Nazir has to bring three Korbanot. He has to bring a keves le'ola, kivsa le'hatat, and an ayil le'shlamim. So there's three korbanot that the nazir brings, an ola, a shlamim, and a hatat. Now, we learned in our Mishnah that there was a rule. That any time there's money that's left over from a korban hatat, so that money is given to nedaba, to the Beit HaMikdash. So we're going to have a machlokah now amongst the Amoraim. When we say the money of the Nazir, the leftover, goes to the Nidaba, what cases are talking about? So the first rabbi says, This is only talking about when the Korban Khatat was the last Korban that was brought. Meaning he brought the Shalamim, he brought the Ola, and the last Qurban was the Khatat, and he had leftover money from the Khatat, and therefore that money goes in Daba. However, Abal, Ikarbu Shalamim Besof, Mutarin Shalamim. However, if the last Qurban that the Nazir brought was his Shalamim, and then there was leftover money from the Shalamim, so then it follows, again with the Mishnah Torahs, that the leftover money from a Qurban Shalamim goes to buy a, another Qurban Shalamim. However, Amar of Zi'irah, Afilu karvu Shalamim lebesof, Halakha achati benazir, Shetehem mutara nedaba. The Zi'irah says it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what Qurban was brought last. Even if the last Qurban that he brought was the Shalamim, doesn't matter. Since there's a Qurban Hattat in the package of Qurbanot that the Nazir brings, so therefore it's Halakha Moshe He holds that the leftover money automatically falls to Nedaba. So again, the Mahloka between the Hazdan of would be as follows. In which case was the Mishnah talking about when we said Mutar Nazir Lindaba? The Hazdan says in one specific case, only when he brought his Qurbanot in a specific order, that the last Qurban that he brought was Khatat, and to that he had extra money, so therefore it follows the deen, that when you have Mutar from a Khatat, it goes to the Nidaba of the Beit HaMikdash, where the Zayra says, oh, it doesn't matter what the order is. Even if the last Qurban he brought was a Shilamim, bottom line, the Alakal Mashim Sinai says, it goes to the Why? Because since in the Nazir Qurbanot, there is a Khatat, so automatically, whenever there's going to be extra money from that uh, situation, it is going to go then daba. Again, that's the machlo between Rav Hizda and Rav Zirida. 
Now what the Gemara is going to do is bring a Braita to support Rav Hasda and bring a Braita to support Rav Zaira. Like we're going to say Tanya Kivate and Tanya Kivate. So the Gemara says we're on the fourth line. Matnita misaya leden umatnita actually umatnitana misaya leden. Meaning we have a Braita to support this rabbi, we have a Braita to support the other rabbi. The Gemara says, Matnita misaya leda We have a Braita to support Avzaira that it doesn't matter which order the Korbanot were brought. But that the motar of the Nazir goes to the Nidabah of the Beit HaMikdash from where? Because it says, Eluhen ma'ot setumim. The following are considered ma'ot setumim. What is ma'ot setumim? So the Braita and Masich Nazir talks about a case where a Nazir had designated money for his korbanot and then subsequently he died. So now, there's money in his house that was designated for the Qurban. So the Braita Nazir wants to know, what do you do with that money? So the Gemara says, Eluhen ma'otsetumim. This is considered designated money. Ma'otsetumim, meaning like the uh, dedicated money that is um, designated for the Qurban of the Nazir, but he didn't specify for which korban. Is it for the hatat? Is it for the shalamim? Is it for the ulah? So it's called ma'ot setumin. So the Gemara says, what's the case of ma'ot setumin? Kol shedeme hatat Now we take out the word mitot. The Omnivilla takes out the word mitot. So we read, Kol shedeme hatat me'orevet bahen. Which means, so long as the monies of the hatat is mixed in these monies, that's considered ma'ot setumin. Now, va'afilu ifrish de mehatat netocha. That even if, let's say, he separated the money for the chatat from the pile of money, ma'ot setumin hen. It's still considered ma'ot setumin. And what's the proof over here? The proof is that the deen of the Mishnah is that what these monies go lindaba. Now, why should it go in the daba? Even if the money of the khatat is not in there, which means he had a pile of money. He separated the khatat money on the side. All now he's died. There's no, you can't bring in a nazir anymore. There's no nazir. The nazir died. So what do you do with this money? The brighter says you give it to the Beit Hamikdash. Oh, even though in this pile of money over here there's no khatat. The khatat money was separated. All you have in this pile now is shalami money. And all that money. And still, the writer says, you give it lindaba. What do you see from here? That you don't have to necessarily have the hatat money specifically go lindaba. Any monies of the nazir, since it was combined with the hatat, because that's one of the three korbanot, even though it became separated, that money, as not all the money goes lindaba. So you see that you don't necessarily have to have the hatat uh, money go to the any money of the Nazir goes to the Daba. That's a bright to support of Zaira. Yeah, Zaira says even if the last Qurban you brought was a Shalamin, doesn't matter. Since there's a hatat in the in the picture, the money goes the Daba. Like you see in the case over here. You found money in the Nazir's house, he's dead. Even if in that pile of money the the hatat value was separated, so all you have now is Shalamim and all that money. That money still goes to the uh, Nedaba, as the Zaira says. Okay. Right, that's Allah Khamushimsiya. Now the Gemara says. Matnita Now the Brita says like this. Vamit. So what did the guy say? The guy said, this is the money for my hatat, and the rest is for the rest of my obligations of my nizirut. That would include the shalamim, the hola, the nisukhayayin, and all the other things he has to do. Vamit. And then the guy died. But you have to add to the text over here, 
So the money that was designated for the khatat, well, you can't bring it as a nazir anymore. So it says over here that money that was designated for the khatat goes to Yamamelah. You take it to the Dead Sea, meaning you destroy the money. You don't benefit from the money, nor can you be mu'il with the money. You just take it and put it in the Yamamelah. Bashar and the leftover money now, Yavi Now with the leftover money, what do you have? What is this money earmarked for? Well it was earmarked for Ola and it was earmarked for Shilamim. Now we learned in Amishnah. What do you do with Motar Ola? Motar Ola Ola. Motar Shilamim Shilamim. So therefore with the leftover monies you split it in half. Half it you bring an Ola, half it you bring a Shalamim. Umu'alin bechulan, ve'en mu'alin bebiksatan. Meaning, if let's say you would take that leftover money now, and use it for personal use, so now you're considered already mu'il. You definitely were mu'il. I'll explain to you. Mi'ila means to use something of Hikdesh. Now mi'ila only applies to a kurban ola. It does not apply to a kurban shalamim. So therefore, when you have this pile of money over here, I have half Ola money in there, half Shalami money. But if you use all the money, so automatically you are Mu'il, because the Da'ala money is in there. However, if I use half the money, I could say that that half was the half of the Shalamim, and not the half of Ola, and therefore, I'm not Mu'il. Now, why is this a Braita that supports Lav Hazda? Because the deen is like this. The Braita said that the Motar of the Shalmesi Bur goes the Shlamim. And the Motar of the Ola goes for Ola. Which means, even though there was, the money was designated for the Qurban of the, of the, of the Nazir, would we say you do with the money of the Hatat? No. The money of the Hatat wrote the Yamamelah. And now what? The rest, rest of the money, this is for Ola, and this is for Shlamim. That's exactly what Rav Hasda holds. Rav Hasda holds only if the last Qurban is khatat, then already it's considered motar khatat, and therefore you give it lindaba. But if the last korban he brought was anything else, it's not brought lindaba. Like you see in this case over here. You have the monies. Uh, the, he separated the khatat money, and he separated the uh, nidaba, uh, the other money, the monies of the Qur'an the shalamim. And what does the deen say? Take the ola money, bring an ola. Take the shalamim money, bring the shalamim. What do you mean? If you want to say like the Zalirats, all Nazir, all Nazir money should go, Lindaba. From the fact that he says that no, you bring some for the Ola and some for the Shalameen, shows you that only when the last Qurban was the Khattat, and it's a Mutar of a Khattat, then already it's brought as a Lindaba to the Beta Mikdash. Good. Now, incidentally, why does the money of the Khattat get thrown into the Yemen Melah? Because that's a regular deen. Whenever a person designates a khattat, and he dies, so it's a khattat she'inna ba'alim, a personal khattat inna ba'alim, the deen is, you have to get rid of the money. You cannot, uh, you cannot benefit from it. So therefore, the, but the proof is from the other case. The proof is from what you do with the money of the Ulan al-Shalamim. It's according to that what would you do with that money from the Ulan al-Shalamim? You give it to the Nidabah. Because that was part of a nazir. It was part of the pool of Nazir, which has a khatat in it. However, according to the Chazal, no. It's separate, and therefore it goes for Shalamim and Ola. So those are the Braithot that support those opinions. Comes the Gemara and continues. Rav Chazda Amar, Rav Chazda said, Motar Lachmoshil Nazir. Now, uh, one of the things the Nazir has to bring is Halot. He has to bring, what's the Torah calls them, the Kikim like uh, thin wafers that he has to bring as part of his korban. So now let's say you have motar lachmo. You have extra. Either you have extra money, right? That's why they designated some money for the, the kikim. And you have extra money now. What do you do with the extra money? So it says yurkav. Actually, you brought the, the rikikim with them. You brought, now you have extra rikikim. What do you do with them? So the Gemara says you have to let them decay. You can't do anything with them. You can't put them on the Mizbayah. You can't give them to another Nazir. You just have to let them spoil. So the Gibraltar explains. Amar Rabbi Yosef. 
He said right. Meaning Rav Chazda is correct. Just to put them on the Mizbeah alone. He can't do that. In at Yachol. She'en lecha lechem karev la'atzmo. Because we don't have a korban just to put lechem on the Mizbeah. That's the third option. Lakriboim nizirut ha'chayret. Or maybe give it to another nazir. And let him bring it with his korban. In at Yachol. You can't do that either. Why? She'en lecha nizirut ba'a below lechem. Which means... There's no Qurban Nazi that cannot come without lechem, meaning that is the guy's got to bring his own lechem. Mm-hmm. So therefore you can't put your lechem for that guy's nazirut. Lefum kach, therefore, sarikh memar, you have to say, motar lachmosh nazir yurkav. And the options. What do you do with the leftover lechem? Just let it spoil. Comes Gibran says, sevarin memar. The rabbis of the yeshiva thought to say, hu they thought to say that just like the leftover bread or lechem of the nazir, you let it spoil, so to the leftover nesachim, the wine, he also has to designate wine for the uh, nesachim of the nazir. Let's say you have motar nesachim, so the Gemara wanted to say also you let it spoil. So the Gemara says, Amar Rabbi Yoseh Bar Rabbi Boon, he said, it's not so. Motar nesachav kodshe kodashim inun v'yipelu lindaba, which means the wine that's put on the mizbeach that has a deen of kodesh kodashim, and the rule is like this: anything that is kodesh kodashim left over goes to the nindaba of the Beit Hamikdash. How do we know that from? Like hatat, the rule of the Mishnah was anything that's a hatat yipol lindaba. Now we know hatat is. Kodesh Kodashim. So just like a Hatat, which is Kodesh Kodashim, the Motar Hatat goes to the Nedabah, the Betamekdash, so too the Boon wants to say, Nesachim, when you have the leftovers, the Motar, they go to Nedabah. But, well, we have a special Pasuk when it comes to Motar Ola to tell me that it's Ola. But it is going to Kodesh Kodashim. It's Kodesh Kodashim. But yes, why, why Ola, which is Kodesh Kodashim, why is it not in the Nedabah? Okay, it's a good question. It seems that we have special Gizrata Katuv on that. I'm going to think about Look at the Gemara further. The Gemara says, That which Rabun just said, that Kodshe Kodashim, the deen is, could be, when we say Kodshe Kodashim, we mean Kodshe Kodashim from the Hatat uh, uh, family. Just like Nesachim is mechaper, it's part of the korban, so it could be that's the um, that's the type of kodesh kodesh. Not all kodesh kodeshim. Not all Nesachim. Right, Nesachim that are brought maybe with the korban hatat, like the nazir. In any event, it says al daate the Rabbi Yoseh bar Rabbi Boon on this opinion that Rabbi Yoseh bar Rabbi Boon said. Now you have to read the. Um, we read the Gersaot of Shemuel Aliba de Rav Chazda b'Motar Nesachim v'Rabbiyah v'Rabbi El Azar. See the way you have to read it is like this. The Gemara Vilna changes. Shemuel v'Rav Chazda v'Rabbi El Azar sheloshtan amru davar echad. We have three rabbis. We have Shemuel. We have Rav Chazda. Actually, we have Rav Chazda and Rabbi El Azar. These three rabbis all said the same thing. That what? That anything that's on the Kodesh Kodashim level, and it's a motar, it falls to the Bat Betamikdash. So now we're going to show you that these three rabbis all held the same thing in different places, but it's the same principle. So the Gemara says, Rav Hazda, I have to change that to Rav Hazda. Aha, the Amran. Well, we said Rav Hazda already. Now, where did we say Rav Hazda? So the Teklin Hattin, or the Qurban Aida, explains like this. What was Afghanistan's statement? When you have the leftovers of the Lechem of the Nazir, right? Of the Rikikir Nazir, what do you do with it? Yurkav. Let them uh, deteriorate, let them decay. From the fact that he only said it by the, le- the Rikikim of the Nazir, and he didn't say it by the Nesachim of the Nazir, it's Mashma that Nesachim are different. Nesachim, since it's Kodesh Kodeshim, what do you do? Yeah, give it to the Nedaba. So that's the Hazda. That what? Kodesh Kodeshim. You plu Lindara from the implication of not what he said, but what he didn't say. Now, 
Shmuel, where did you see Shmuel said it? Amar said, when I was still in Bavel, I heard the voice of Rabbi Uda ask Shmuel. We had a similar case in yesterday's Gemara. A guy designated his shekel, meaning Rahashita shekel, and after he designated it, he died. So the Gemara's question was, what do you do with that shekel? Well, on one hand, the question is, Hegdesh owns it immediately, and therefore the Chaura, you'd have to give it to Hegdesh. Now, uh, I'm not worried that Hegdesh, when the Bet HaMikdash, is going to buy public Qurban Khattat with this, because we have a rule that says that if you have a Qurban Khattat, that its owners die, so then this Khattat is Pasul. That's only by an individual. But if it's a Qurban Sibur Khattat, there's no problem. So I'm not worried to give this coin and let them buy Qurban Khattat with the money, even though this guy died, no problem. Or do I say, since he didn't give it over yet, Maybe we don't have to give the money to the Beit HaMikdash yet, because the guy died. That was the question. Amar le, so Shemuel answered, Yipelu lindaba. He told him, take that coin, and give it for Kayit Samizbayah. Don't give it for Ma'azit HaShekel. Since the guy died, just give it for a Nidaba. Now, why did he say give it for a Nidaba? So the reason why he said give it for a Nidaba is because... This is considered motar koche kodashin. Because what do you do with the coin of Mahazita Shekel? The coin of Mahazita Shekel, you buy hataot. It's one of the kodbarot you buy. And since over here now, you can't use it for uh, the hataot because the guy died. So therefore, what do you do? Give it in daba. So you see what? Motar koche kodashin lindaba. Again, from the fact that Shemuel answered. That you take the coin of the guy that died and give it to the Nidaba, meaning to kayit some isbayah, to keep them isbayah, you know, uh, flowing with kurbanot. Why? Was this, how, is this, how is this coin related to Kodesh Kodashim? Well, since the coin was designated for Mahasit Shekel, what do you use for that Mahasit Shekel? You buy Hataot. Ah, that's Kodesh Kodashim. Well, now you can't, you can't give him Mahasit Shekel anymore because the guy died. Ella, what do you do? Nidaba. Why? Kosmotar Kodesh Kodashim. Nidaba. So we found Shemuel. Also, now we have one more rabbi to find, Rabbi Al-Azhar. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Al-Azhar Omer, Rabbi Al-Azhar said, Motar Asirita Ifa. Okay, we learned yesterday at Kohen Gadol, every day used to bring a Minha called Minhat Habitim. He brought half of it in the morning and half of it in the afternoon. Now, let's say he had leftovers from this flower, from his Minha called Asri Taifa. What does he do with it? Or he has leftover money. What does he do with the money for this uh, from this minha? Rabbi Yohanan Amar Yodichem Yaman Melah. Rabbi Yohanan says you take it, the money, you put it in Yaman Melah. Why? Because he holds that the minha of the Kohen Gadol is not considered a hatat. If you remember, by Menachot, there was a pasuk that said, Khatat hi. And from the fact that the pasuk said, Khatat hi, Rabbi Yohanan learned, this minha is a khatat, to the exclusion of another minha that's not called the khatat. Khatat hi. And which minha was this pasuk coming to exclude? The minha of the Asi Taifa of the Kohen Gadol. So since he it's not a khatat, so if it's not a khatat, so then what do you do with the money over here? It doesn't go to Daba. You take it and you put it to Kayitz. And you know, you take it and you throw it in Yama Melach. However, the B El Azaromer, Yepelulin Daba. Why does the B El Azar say the extra money of a Asri Taifa is Yepelulin Daba? Because he holds that it is considered a Hatat. He holds the Asri Taifa like every other Minha. It's considered a Hatat. And therefore, what do you do with the leftovers? So bottom line, what we do over here? We found three rabbis that all hold the same principle. That's Rav Chizda, Shemuel, and Rabbi Al-Azhar. That motar, Kodesh Kodashim, Yipelu Lechatat. From Rav Chizda, we saw that by the Nazir case. When Rav Chizda said by the Nazir case, only the Lachme Nazir is Yurkav, 
but not the Nesachim of the Nazir. Oh, Nesachim must be fall to Nedabah. You see the concept. From Shemuel, we saw his opinion by Shekalim. That if the guy who donated the shekel died, so he said, that shekel falls in Daba, because he was designated to buy Korban, Hatat, as one of the Korbanot. And the Azar, we see from what he said over here by the Asli Ta'ifa, that the Asli Ta'ifa, which is considered a Hatat, the leftover money, Yipilud in Daba. So three rabbis all hold the same Shita. Rabbi, Ashkrol, also gives the Chiluk on the Olot, why the Olot are... Uh, oh, I'd like to hear that, Chiluk. Uh, what does Ashkrol say? It says that... Um, that because the olot can be given voluntarily, the other the other. Could oh, what is a chiyuv? Is, is a chiyuv that you can't okay. replace it with the hatta. There you go. Who says that? Mikdash David. Okay, that's the Mikdash David's answer. That is a chiluk between something that can be brought voluntarily, like an olah, and these items over here are mandatory. Right, so the explanation, which we're understanding now, is that when it comes to korban olah, even though it's called kodashim, so you have leftover money, bring another olah. There's no problem in bringing another olah to the Beit HaMikdash as a voluntary korban. However, if you have a korban khatat, you can't just bring arbitrarily another korban khatat. Or you cannot just pour more nisakim on the mizbayah. So therefore, in that case, we say, yipilud and dabah. Very nice. Okay? Now we go to halakha he. And we start the next mishnah. Motar shivuyim lishvuyim. Which means, let's say a person designated money for the mitzvah pidyon shivuim. What's the mitzvah pidyon shivuim? To redeem people that are in captivity. So they collected money, now they have leftover money. What do you do with the leftover money of pidyon shivuim? So the Mishnah says, lishvuim. You have to put it on the side and use it again for pidyon shivuim, for another case. Motar shavui leoto shavui. But if it was collected for an individual person that was taken into captivity, whatever money's left over, he gets it. Collected and the okay, the captive gets the money himself. Motar anim la'anim. If they collected money for the general anim, so that money that's left over, you have to keep it on the side and use it again for anim. However, motar ani leoto ani. If they collected for a specific ani, so the leftover money, after they funded whatever they had to fund, goes to that ani. Now the Gemara Mishnah continues. Motara metim la metim. Let's say they collected money in order to bury the metim. The people that can't afford burials. So they collect money in order to bury the metim. So there's leftover money, so they need you to put it on the side in order to use it for the burial of but if they collected for an individual met to bury him, that extra money goes to his inheritors, to his Yorshim. Now, even if let's say they didn't put a matseva on his kever, let's say they just buried him, they paid for the kevura, and they didn't put the money, let's say, to build a matseva, a tombstone, on his kever. However, you still give the money to the Yorshim. Why? Because the logic is over here, we say that the met is mohel on his bizayon. I guess it's a bizayon that they have to even collect money for his kibura. He's mohel on that, and he'd rather the money go to his Yorshim. He'd rather that his uh, inheritors, his children, get the money. Rabbi Meir Omer, Motara Met, Yemunah Hachiyavu Eliyahu. Rabbi Meir says, no, no, no. The, the money that you collect to bury a Met, that money you have to wait until Eliyahu Navi comes. Why? Because we don't know if the Met is really Mohel the money to his Yorshim or not. And therefore, since we have a Sefik, which means maybe we should do something for the myth. Maybe build a matseva on his kevet. Build a, 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 a monument. We don't know if the myth wants really the money to go. So what do you do when you don't know? Got to leave it till the Navi comes, and uh, we wait. Sefek. Rabbi Natan Omer, Motara Met, Ponino Nefesh Al Kivro. Rabbi Natan says, no, I'll tell you what to do. For sure, he's not Mohelam as Bizayon. And therefore, once where they collected the money for him, you have to spend it for him. And you have to build a monument. So, because we have three opinions. One opinion says, definitely give it to the Yorshim. One opinion says, definitely give it to the Met. And one opinion says, we don't know what the Met wants over here. And therefore, put it in Safek until Eliyahu Navi comes. That's the three she taught. Now, comes the Gemara. Comes the Gemara. 
we learned in the Mishnah that when they collect money, let's say for a burial, right? For a guy that doesn't have, so uh, if they collect for general metim, so you have to keep the money for metim. If they collect it for the met themselves, then we have the machloket. So comes the and says, Gavulo Let's say they collected money for a guy to bury him on the assumption that he didn't have money. They thought he was an Ani, so everybody gave money in order to help the burial. But after they collected the money, they found out that the guy really, he has. So now the deen is the Bidmiyah Sabar, Memar Bidmiyah thought to say that even in this case, Yoshaf. doesn't matter. The money goes to the inheritor. Since they collected it for the met, and bottom line, the met doesn't need it, but it was collected for the met, the inheritors get it. Amar le Rabbi Idi de Hutra. Rabbi Idi of Hutra tells him, Haga'atzmecha. Think for a second. How could you be right? Delo chivnan ela le. Which means, they only collected the money for the purpose of what? For the mit. And since he had money, so the mint is not zokheh at all of the money. So if the mint is not zokheh in the money, how could you come along and say that you're going to give the money to the Yorushim? They only gave because he didn't have. But if he had, it was given on a false premise. So how could you come along and say that the Yorushim get this money over here? Which means, when they give money to him for a mint, and he needs it, so even if there's leftover, the dot to the people is they know what you, you don't always collect exactly the amount of money. Mm-hmm. You know, to the penny. Yeah. So you assume whatever leftover is, eh, give it to the man, give it to the Yorkshire. That's no problem. Next. But here, you don't say that they would have given the money if they knew the guy has. If the guy has, that's already a false pretense. So therefore, he comes along and says, how could you tell me the Yorkshim get it? These people over here gave the money not for that reason. Therefore, he returned the money. Go back and give the money back to the people that gave the tzedakah. So comes the Gemara and says, Yirmiyah tells him back, Amar amrit, at minalach. Which means, I didn't say something conclusive, I'm just telling you what I think. That the money still goes to the Yoshim. You have a, 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 a shita, prove it. Which means, bring me, bring, bring me a source. Which means, you're coming along and asking on me, how could that be? He says, listen, I'm, I'm telling you my opinion. Now, you want to argue on my opinion? Show me. Well, you're just telling me you're wrong. Why, why am I wrong? To show me a source from the Tanaim or something from a writer or Mishnah, and then I will, uh, I will agree with you. That's what he told them. I didn't say it uh, conclusively. I was just giving my shita. At minalach. Where are you coming from? That you're telling me You're telling me, you know, uh, you can't be right. When you're right, he turned it around. Okay, comes the Gemara and continues. Tane. Beshem Rabinatan. We learned the name Rabinatan. Motar Hamet. The leftover of the money that was collected for a mit, yibne lo nefesh. So you build a matzeba. Matzeba would be like a, uh, a tombstone over the kever. Al kevro, lo ziluf al And also you buy wine. In the olden days, they would sprinkle wine on the coffin itself to give it a good fragrant, uh, so it doesn't uh, smell. So spend the money uh, on the bed, whether it's on the zinuf of the wine, yeah. whether it's on the kevin. Tani, we learned to the right that in podin shavui, beshavui, which means if you collected money to redeem one captive, you can't spend the money uh, in order to uh, redeem a different captive. And even if the second captive is more hashuv, then the first one, no, it was earmarked for this guy. You can't say, oh, you know, well, we're going to go save another guy. It's got to be spent for they collected it for. Similarly, the end govin talit, betalit. You bought, you collected money to buy a talit for an ani. So you can't now switch the money and buy a talit for a different ani. The end However, if the charity collectors did switch the money, you can't rebuke them. Which means, um, there is what to say that when they gave the money, the people, either for the Shivuim or for the Taled, that 
It's whatever the Gabaim are going to use it for, we're giving it. So therefore you can't rebuke them, but like a Tahila, it wouldn't be proper. No, no, actually, they want to switch it straight. They gave it for this Ani, you know what, I'm going to take this Ani, I'm going to give it to that Ani. So you see, don't do that. People gave it for this one, but they gave it really for whatever the Gabai sees fit. So therefore, it's, uh, you know, you can't rebuke the uh, Gabaim for that. Tani. Rabbi Shimon, Rabban Shimon Gamaliel Omer, En osin nefashot la tzadikim. When the tzadikim pass away, you don't have to put a matzeba, a tombstone, uh, over the kever. Why? Debrehem hen hen zikronan. Because their words, their hedushim, that is their memory. Why do you put a tziyun, a matzeba? To remember. You know, here lies and everybody remembers. So the kid don't need to, to have them memorialized by putting a, uh, a piece of stone over their kevet. They're m- memorialized by what? By the Divrei Torah, by the things that they said. Hen, hen, zikronan. Now, the Gemara's uh, going to bring now a very, very uh, interesting story over here. Uh, a story with uh, Rabbi Yohanan. And the purpose of the story is how Rabbi Hana was very makpeed that his student say the halachot that he learnt in his name. Because what we're saying, so he was makpeed that his student, when he quotes halacha, he says, I learnt this in the name of Rabbi Hanan. And here's the story. Rabbi Hanan was walking, and he was leaning, he was leaning on Rabbi Hayabar Abba. Now they're walking together. Vahavar Bil Azar Hamele Umitamar Le Mikame. Rabbi Azar saw Rabbi Yohanan, Hameh. He saw him. And what happened? Umitamar Le Mikame. He hid from him. He ran away and he hid from Rabbi Yohanan. Vahamar, when Rabbi Yohanan saw this, he got uh, upset. He said, He says, This Babylonian uh, one, he was referring to Rabbi Azar, he did two things that are bad. First of all, he doesn't come to the rabbi and tell him, Shalom Aleichem. And number two, and number two, he hides. As if he's trying to avoid me. He says, what kind of, uh, what kind of person is this over here? Amarleh, Rabbi Yaakov bar Idi. So Rabbi Yaakov bar Idi tried to calm Rabbi Yohanan down. They wanted like to console him. So what did he tell him? Kach nehigin gabbehon. says, this is the minhag of the rabbis of Babel. That the small one doesn't greet the older one. It's not kavod uh, for them that a, 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 a smaller person should have to greet the hakam. The inun nahargon umkaymin, because they fulfill the pasuk. Where's the pasuk? The pasuk says, right in Iyov, exactly. The pasuk says, rauni nearim v'nihbau. The young ones saw me and they hid. Vishishim kamu amadu. And the older ones, the older ones stood up and, uh, well, the older ones were standing. Which means the Pasuk says that what? When the young ones saw the big ones, they ran away. So if he's fulfilling the Pasuk, so he tried to calm them down. Don't, don't take it personal. Amar lehu. Well, they changed it. Amar leh. Correct. He's still trying to, 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 to calm him down. So he's going to tell him a halakha, and from the halakha, it's going to be an appeasement. But what was the question he asked of Yohanan? He tells him like this. Ma'u lemi'ibad kameh de'adora salmeh. There was a certain salib, a certain, uh, like Abu Dazara, called Adora. So he asked him a halakha, are you allowed to walk by that street that has the tzelim called Adora? Or maybe you have to take a different uh, route. Amar le, so Yohanan tells him, Ma'at pelag le yekar. What do you want to give it uh, kavod? Which means by 
walking by the the or by not walking by the tzemin, it's as if you're saying that there's something to it. Adraba, <coughs> walk right by it and uh, blind it in its eye. He's going to say, Avod kamohi Walk by it and halvai, you should pull out one of its eyes. So he says to him, Ah, Amarle. So Rabbi Yaakov, Bar'idi tells him, Ah, listen to what you just said. Which means when you, um, when you uh, walk, uh, when you, when you avoid. avoid it, that's showing kavod. Just like you answer me that, walk, don't walk by the, 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 the how can you not walk by the Abu Zarah? He's going to give it kavod. You're giving a credence. So what do you want? That's what Abu Hazar was doing. By not walking by in front of you, it shows that you're, you're hashuv. So he told him, Rabbi Azar was he did correct that he didn't uh, pass by you. Uh, so therefore, it says he accepted it. Uh, the, 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 that already was a piyus, because Rabbi himself uh, said the sevara. So that was a good uh, piyus. Now, the odd Avid Habbablaa, but Rabbi was so upset. He says, and this Babylonian, he also did something else. What? Dela Amar Shemata Mishimi. When he quotes the Devere Torah that I taught him, he doesn't say it in my name. He doesn't quote uh, the source. Well, Nikhnesu Lefanav Rabbi Amiv Rabbi Aseh. So Rabbi Amiv Rabbi Aseh came to be Hanad to try to appease him uh, when it comes to that. Amru lo Rabbi. Listen, there was a story in the Bet Knesset of the Tarsiim. The rabbis had a mahloket. Remember, we learned in Masechet Shabbat that in the olden days, how they used to lock the doors with like a beam. It was called a nagar. They used to stick it in the threshold of the uh, ground. It served as, as a lock. Now, the nagar had on top of it a glustera, like a ball. Mm-hmm. And the question was, the ball now would serve as like a grinder to crush garlic mm-hmm. and things like that. So the she'ila was, is this nagar considered a keli? The inyan shabbat. If there's the glustera that's on top of it, give it a bit of a keli, and therefore let's say for certain purposes you should be able to move it, the anyan mukseh. So that was the question they had in the Bet Knesset of Tarsim. So comes the Gemara and says, "Shinehleku Rabbi Lazav Rabbi Yosef." So we had a machlok in the Bet Lazav Rabbi Yosef. Is it permissible to use it as a lock on Shabbat or not? Meaning, if it's a keli, good, so you can pick it up and you can use it. If it's not a keli, so therefore it would be mukseh. That was the question they had. So the Gemara says they were arguing so fiercely in the Bet Midrash or in the Bet Knesset. They got so angry and upset at each other, they ripped the Sefer Torah in their anger. So the Gemara says, What do you mean? They went out of their way purposely to rip a Sefer Torah? Unintentionally, the Sefer Torah ripped. Could be each one was trying to prove their uh, point. You know, look and approve and this and that, and unintentionally, the Sefer Torah ripped. And it was an old rabbi that was at that event. His name was Rabbi Yosef Kusma. Amar, Temehani, Imlo Hove Bet Knesset Ze Bet Avodazara. I'll be shocked that if one day this Bet Knesset does not turn into a Bayit for Avodazara. Because the Gemara says in another place, Kola Kores Kilo Oved Avodazara. Everybody gets angry. It's like you Oved Avodazara. These rabbis over here. They're getting angry. I mean, he saw it wasn't Hashem Shabbat a little. They're getting angry. I can't calculate. I was ripped. He says, ah, I suspect that uh, this bit is going to turn one day. Now, what were they trying to tell him this story for? They were trying to tell uh, Rabbi Hanan that what? Calm down. We're in the Bet Midrash. It's not that way to get angry. Mm. Which means you're getting angry at the Bil Azad. Here we have a story over here of the rabbis. Uh, they got angry at the Bet Midrash. And, uh, yeah, and look what happened. Uh-huh. So comes the uh, comes the Gemara and says, "Vehazar veAmar." So Rabbi Yohanan tells Rabbi Amin of "Hakeden mehabre," which means what? You're, you're turning my student into my friend, which means over there they were the friends arguing with each other in the Beit Midrash. This is my Talmud. I can get angry at my Talmud. Would you? You turned him down to one of my colleagues. I can get angry at him. 
So therefore, that's, that's not a consolation that, you, that you're telling me over here. I'm, I'm allowed to get angry at Rabbi uh, Azar. Okay, so now Rabbi Yaqub Ar-Idi comes back to Mithayis, Rabbi Yohanan. It says by Yoshua, Whatever God commanded Moshe, Moshe transmitted all the Torah to Yoshua ben Nun. Okay? Now, V'chi kol dibur v'dibur shaya Yoshua yoshe v'dore shaya omer, kacha amar Moshe? Every time Yeshua opened his mouth and say halakha, he said, uh, this I learned from Moshe? Of course not. It's obvious when Yeshua opens his mouth, everybody knows it came from Moshe. So to you, Rabbi Yohanan, Rabbi Yohanan doesn't have to quote everything This is the Rabbi Yohanan This is the Rabbi Yohanan It's obvious he told other rabbis, how come you don't know how to appease me like Rabbi Yaakov Edi? This, this is a good appeasement. This already, he said, good. The Gabra says, the Rabbi Yohanan, why is so makpid that they say the uh, halakhot in his name? What was, uh, you know, what was irking him so much? So the Gemara says, the after David bikesh alayah rahamim, because even David, Hamelech, was concerned that what? That people will quote the halakhot in his name. Shneemar, David Hamelech says in the Tehrim, Agura be'aholcha olamim. He says, God, I want to uh, live in your tent forever. Under your wings. David knows you can't live forever. How can he say, I want to live in your tent forever? If they constantly will quote my words in the Batek and Yosef Batemidrashot, it'll be considered as if I'm living forever. So you see, it's a big item. Even the Vinamelik was concerned that what? That'll constantly be quoted. That gives him a uh, eternity, eternity, not only in Olamaba, but also in Olamazeh. Like the Gevara is going to teach us that when the Sadiq's words are spoken, his lips are actually moving in the Kevir. And therefore, it gives them a hana'ah, not only in Olam Abba, but even still in Olam Azir. Like the Gemara says, Shimon ben Nizira, b'shem Rabbi Yitzhak Amar, kol tamid chakam, shomrim davar halakha mepid ba'olam azir, sifatav rochashot imo The lips of the tamid chakam murmur the halakha in the grave. Shana Imar, v'chikech, those that are sleeping, their lips are moving. So the Gemara gives an example. Comparison to Yenatov, like the wine. What's the comparison? Komer is like a vessel that they put grapes in it. Okay? It seems a person puts his finger in this keli, so the pressure that you put in the keli causes the wine on the other side. To move. Mm-hmm. Seems the other side of it has the wine. The wine drips into the other side of the keli. So when you put your hand in here, what does it cause? It causes the wine to rise somewhere else. That means you do something here and it has an effect somewhere else. Here in this world, you make a, uh, uh, a quote from the Sadiqim and it affects their mouths moving in the cave somewhere else. So the Gemara says, what pleasure is it to the niftar when you quote him and his mouth is saying over the Devet Torah in the Kevin? What, what pleasure is this? It's like the pleasure of somebody that's drinking uh, wine that's mixed with honey. It's a certain type of drink that's called Kunditun. Meaning it's, it's sweet, it's pleasurable. It's like people that are drinking Old wine. Meaning there is a definite hana, like the Pasuk says, It means he will have pleasure like he's drinking good wine. Which means the difference between the wine and the kunditin is 
on good old wine, you have an aftertaste. Sure. Which is even after he drinks it, there's still a hana'ah that remains in his mouth for a long time. When a person is quoting uh, the rabbi that he heard the hadus from in his name, he should see when he's quoting, he should imagine as if the person that made the statement is standing in front of him. What will that do? First of all, it'll keep the person from quoting accurately. Because when you see the person in front of you, so you'll remember exactly how he said it. And furthermore, you'll say it in a serious matter. You will not treat the statement in a zilzul. Which means when a person is quoting uh, a statement, he should imagine as if the tselim, I mean the image of the person that said it is in front of him. Ketiv, it says in the book of Mishle, Rav Adam yikra ish hasdo, the ish emunim miyimsa. Which literally means Rav Adam, the majority of people, will call themselves uh, ish hasdo, uh, that do chesed to themselves. However, very few people, the ish emunim miyimsa, where do you find the honest people? Ish emunim, faithful people, very rare. What is Pesach referring to? The Gibra says, Rav Adam Yikra Ish Hasdo, the majority of the people, we call them Ish Hasdo, that do Hesed to themselves, Zesh Arkon Adam. This is everybody else that they don't quote where they got their halakha from, and they take the credit for themselves. Rav Hasdo, they give the uh, credit to themselves. That's the majority of people, unfortunately. However, the Ish Imunimi Imsa, but an honest, um, precise person, where do you find this? The Gemara says, you know what that's referring to? Zeh Rabbi Zirida. This is actually Rabbi Zirida. Why? Because we're going to see now in some stories that Rabbi Zirida was very meticulous when he would quote the Halachot. It was precise in what he said. Therefore, they referred to him as Ish Emunim. The Amar Rabbi Zirida. Rabbi Zirida once said, Letnan Sirichim Hashashin Shmarted Rav Sheshat. Yeah, we don't have to give too much credence to the statements of Rav Sheshat. Which means, if sometimes you see that the Sheshat's statements are contradicting other statements of other uh, opinions, don't pay so much attention to those opi- that opinion. Why? Dehu gavra mafteha, because his eyes were opened, which metaphorically means that he was blind, and therefore, since he was blind, um, he wasn't able to medagdek in his teachings well, because he didn't see the person. That was saying the halakha. A lot of times when you see the person saying the halakha from his hand gestures and from the other... Uh, the fact that you see it, no, you're able to understand what he said. I mean, there's a difference just hearing it and seeing the person as he says it. So you see how, how meticulous Rabbi Zahira was. He said, no, since the uh, Sheshad did not see his teachers, so therefore you can't take his uh, opinions uh, seriously uh, when they contradict other statements. That shows that Zahira himself held that what, his statements obviously were only said if he saw his rab and he was very careful in relaying them. Amar le Rabbi Zayda Rabbi Ase. Rabbi Zayda told Rabbi Ase, Hakim Rabbi lebar petaya deat Amar Shemata Mishme, which means, did you see bar petaya face to face that you always quoting his halachot? Which means it seems Rabbi Ase would always quote what bar petaya said. So the Jaisa was saying, uh, did you ever see him? So you see again, he was very careful that if somebody was quoting a statement, that it had to be uh, very accurate. Amar So he told him, Rabbi Yohanan Amar HaMashimeh. He said, listen, I heard it from Rabbi Yohanan, who heard it from Bad Pitasam relying on Rabbi Yohanan. Amar Rabbi Zirad Rabbi Aseh, Hakim Rabbi Lerav. Did you see Rav? Not the Rabbi, Rav. That you always quoting his halachot? Amar leh, I'm relying on He saw Rav, and he was quoting him, and I'm just quoting from him. Comes the Gemara and says, already we talked about David Amirah, so the Gemara goes and says something short about David Amirah. En dor she'en bo letzanin kedoroshet David. Our text is kedoroshet David. We have not found a generation where there were scoffers like the generation of David Amelech. There was Letzim. Why? What were they doing to David, these uh, 
Pinusad or the uh, scoundrels of the generation. Then they go to David Amelech's window. They would call out to him. Where are they going to build the Beit HaMikdash? Jeez, they knew already that he wasn't going to build the Beit HaMikdash because of the sin that he did with Bathsheba. So therefore they would needle him and say, David, what's the delay over here? Why are we going to build the Beit HaMikdash? Which means, when are we, when are we going to go to the Beit HaShem? Which means, what they're really trying to tell him, you're delaying the Beit HaMikdash, David. As long as, you're, as long as you're alive, we can't build the Beit HaMikdash. So no, why do we want to build the Beit HaMikdash already? Mm. Even though their intention is to anger me, he says, you know what? I'm happy. I was thrilled when they told me, which means, what he was trying to say, David, is, is, I wish, I'd rather die early and let the Beit HaMikash be built for the glory of Hashem. So I have no problem. Comes again, Quran says, God tells David, when your days will be filled, you will pass on, and your son Shalom will inherit your position as king, and then he will be the one to build the Beit HaMikdash. Now, what does it mean, your days will be full? David. Which means, I'm giving you your full life. Which means, don't think I'm going to shorten your life because I want the better to be built. No, you're going to get your full life, and only after you live whatever you're supposed to live, the full measure of it, then the better Mikdash will be built. Now, obviously, what Borei Olam was telling David is, your life is more precious to me than even the building of the Beit HaMikdash. Why? So the Gemara says, Klum Shilomo bin Chai Yibnei Beit HaMikdash Ela Lakriv Korbenot Sibur. What's Shilomo going to build the Beit HaMikdash for? To bring sacrifices. Haviv alayt sedaka mushpat shata oseh yotem na korban. Shana emar, aso sedaka mushpat nevhar lehashem mizabah. Borel tells David, the charity and the justice that you do to me, that's more precious than all the korbanot that Shilomo is going to bring at the Beit HaMikdash. So therefore, you'll get your full life, and then the Beit HaMikdash will be built after that. Hadran, Alach, Mitzarfim, Shekadim. And now we begin the next Perek. Starting with Halakha, Aleph, and the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Bishlosha Perakim, Bashana Tormi, Mitalishka. We learned already that Everybody used to give their machasita shekel. Put it in a box. The box would be in the Beit HaMikdash. Three times a year they would empty the box out mm. and go now and spend money to buy korbenot sibur. So they would empty the box of the shekalim three times a year. And the Gemara tells us, Mishnah tells us what are these times. Befros Pesach. Befros the Gemara is going to teach us is a 15 day period. So 15 days before the Pesach, which means on Rosh Chodesh Nisan. Befros Ha'aseret, 15 days before Shavuot. Before Sa'ad, 15 days before Sukkot. Vehen giranot shel ma'aser behema. And at those times also, that's literally the granaries of ma'aser behema. Now what does this mean? Let's review what ma'aser behema is. person has a flock of animals. Animals are born. So the deen is like this. At different intervals during the year, Halakha says, he has to count his animals. Every tenth animal he brands with a red dye, and he takes that animal up to Yerushalayim, and he has to eat it in Yerushalayim, it's considered Kodesh, that's called Maaser Be'ema. Now, even though you didn't take Maaser from your flock, the other animals are permissible. In the Torah, it's not like uh, Tirumah, that until you give you Tirumah, you can't eat the uh, Hita. Which means, here, no, you have to earmark it, but you can give it later, but you can still eat the animals. So three times a year, they would designate when a person should catch up with his Maser Behema. Before Pesach, before Shavuot, before Sukkot. Whenever animals were born in that interim, 
So therefore, he would take those animals, go up to Yerushalayim and bring them. So the same times that they would do the Turumat Halishka, that they would, you know, spend the money on the Shikalim. So that was also the three times a year that people would catch up with their Maasir Now, once those times came, the rabbis forbade you to eat your animals until you give them Maasir. So that's ready to cut off. Until that point, before Pesach, whenever animals were born, you could eat, you could slaughter the animals. Once Pesach, once Rosh Chodesh Nisan, I'm sorry, it comes, locked. now already locked, until you give your Maasit, or you handle your Maasit Bema. Now, the Mishnah now is going to bring different opinions on the three times that the people would give their Maasit Bema. The first one was Rosh Chodesh Nisan, 15 days before Shavuot, 15 days before Sukkot. Ben Azai Omer, Ben Azai says no. Be'asim v'tesha'a be'adar, 29 adar is the first time. Be'ahad be'sivan, Rosh Chodesh Sivan, u'be'asim v'tesha'a be'av, and 29 of av. Rabbi Le'azav, Rabbi Shem'on Omrim, be'ahad be'nisan, be'ahad be'sivan, be'asim v'tesha'a be'elul. One Nisan, one Sivan, 29 Elul. So the Mishnah asks, mm. Since he owes Ehad Nisan, Ehad uh, Sivan, say Ehad Tishri, why 29 Elul? The camera says, So what's the problem? You cannot take Maasir on Yom Tov. Why not? Because how do we say you take Maasir? You have to brand the animal yeah. with a red yeah. marker, with a red dye. And since you're not allowed to color on Yom Tov, so therefore taking Maasir Bemaz as the Fikach, Ikhdimu Therefore they have to bring it back to the 29th of Elul. Kabbalah says, Kabbalah says, Amar Abu, Kol Hen Ditninan Peras. All these things that we said in the Mishnah, Bifros HaPesach, Bifros HaSedet, Bifros HaChag, what does this word Peras mean? So it says, Palga. The word Peras means half. Half what? So the Gebarah says, Palga Dishtoshim Yom Kodem Namo'ed Shedorshim Bilchotav. Which means, we know that there's a deen that says 30 days before the Pesach, for example, so you have to start teaching the Halakha. So when it says, Bifros HaPesach, half the shi'ur of 30 days, which is the shi'ur that you start to have to learn Halakhot Pesach, which half of 30 would be 15, that means 15 days before Pesach, that's when you have to... Uh, so frost doesn't mean 15, frost means half. What measure were we measuring? The learning. The 30 days of the learning. Half that shi'ud is this time when you start doing Trimat al and according to one opinion, the cut-off point from Maasir, Be'ema. Comes Gebran says, Ve'hem giranot. Again, I didn't explain that to you before, but it's called the granaries of Maasir, Be'ema. There's no granaries in Maasir, Be'ema. It's just using a borrowed term. It's like they have the granaries of the wheat. We have an obligation to give, let's say, Tirumah. So they call the, the flood, the Gidanot of Maasir. So the Gemara says, why did they choose these three times for Maasir Behema? So he says, Because those are usually the times where animals give birth. Animals usually give birth three times a year. The early uh, flock usually gives birth before Pesach. Wow. So they say like Pesach is the cutoff point for the early. Then you have the ones that are a little later, that's Shavuot, and the ones after that would be on Sukkot. So there was, since that's the normal birthing period of the animals, so they decided to follow it according to those times of the year. Another explanation. We know that when the pilgrims go up to the uh, Yerushalayim for the holidays, Pesach, Shavuot, Sukkot, you need animals. What do you need animals for? Karbanot. So therefore, the Hakamim uh, 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 instituted the Maaser Be'emah periods in a way where the people will always know there will be a lot of Karbanot available. Why? Because even though we said you're allowed to eat the animals before you bring your Maaser Be'emah, Normally the people, they would keep their flock intact until they gave their ma'asir. So therefore, we would guarantee that if you have to give before Pesach, right? Once they would give their ma'asir on Pesach, now a whole flock became mutar. The people that would start using, beautiful. Now right before Pesach, there's an availability of korbanot. Same thing before Shavuot. 
People get they would, you would be allowed to, but they would usually wait to use the flock until the ma'asir was given. Beautiful. Before Shavuot, the galim need the kumbarot. The second they bring their ma'asir, 15 days before Shavuot, now already a whole flock became permissible for sale. So therefore it was in order to make it availability for the kumbarot. It's the second reason. Amar Rabbi Yudan, the third reason why they made it before these holidays, shelo yavoliyad bal te'achar. Which means there's a law that says bal te'achar. What does bal te'achar mean? Bal te'achar means that you're not allowed to uh, delay a nidr that you bring. Mm-hmm. She's a person, let's say, uh, has a nidr, has, a, has, a, has an obligation, let's say. There's a certain law that says you cannot let a certain amount of regalim pass without paying. Without paying. And if you let even one regal pass, according to some opinions, you're there. So therefore the rabbis always instituted before the regal, make sure you settle up with the ma'asir be'ma, so you're not over on this uh, in Yan. Amar Rabbi Yosa, just like Rabbi Yosa taught, kol tivlo. Anybody that does not, uh, anybody delays his table, in this case it means his ma'asir be'ma, so therefore, we make sure that he gives it before the regalim.